48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Barry O'Rourke. The top story is the health secretary warns that up to 25% of public medical services may be hit by the rise in coronavirus cases. Four people are jailed over a case involving possession of a petrol bomb in 2019. And the government canvasses the public ahead of a review of the role of the district councils. Health Minister Lo Chung Mao says up to a quarter of public medical services may be affected by the rise in COVID infections. Professor Lowe said the daily caseload could more than double in two weeks and more hospital beds would be needed for coronavirus patients. He said the administration couldn't lie flat in terms of anti-epidemic measures and a colour-coded Leave Home Safe app could help protect the community. But ordinary people wouldn't be affected. Professor Lowe explained how it would work. For the uh, yellow coat, we managed to use this to actually not actually to increase the restriction, but actually to uh, relieve the restriction imposed on all those inbound travellers. With the yellow coat, we will be able to more precisely identify them uh, at risk to avoid them from getting into the high-risk area, exposing the community to the risk of infection. But at the same time, we'll be able to perhaps reduce the designated hotel quarantine period. So for the rest of the public, there will not be any increasing restriction and there will not be any tracking function. Health officials said 17 people tested positive for coronavirus during a lockdown in Chung Chun House in Chung Ah Court in Taipo. They said about 1,870 people were tested during the operation, which ended at about half past eight. The Secretary for Home and Youth Affairs, Alice Mack, says the administration is collecting people's views on the role of district councils before it conducts a review of the matter. Ms Mack said the councils will have to be district organisations which aren't organs of political power, as stated in the basic law. She said the government hopes to complete the study as soon as possible. This is an eminent work that we have to finish as soon as possible because I know that many stakeholders in the districts are very concerned about the development of the district council. But the review of the district council or district administration will according to the Article 97 and 98 in the basic law. So any development or any review will have to be observed. We have to observe the laws of Hong Kong and the basic law. Transport Commissioner Rosanna Wong has revealed that the authorities are working on revamping the bus route arrangements in Southern District. Speaking on an RTHK programme, Ms Wong said the authorities are thinking about creating a main public transport interchange for the area. But she added that the plan will need to wait until after the auto toll has been implemented for the Aberdeen Tunnel. She said there's a need to restructure the transport network in the area now that the South Island MTR line is operating. President Biden says he told the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salman, that he holds him personally responsible for the murder of the journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Mr Biden was speaking after talks with the de facto ruler of Saudi Arabia in Jeddah. The two leaders greeted each other with fist bump, which critics of Mr Biden's trip have seized on, as the BBC's Anna Foster reports. There are many people who will see that striking image of the fist bump between Joe Biden and the man that he called essentially a pariah just a few years ago and they will believe that the very fact that this meeting happened and the very fact that those images have now been beamed around the world shows that no the US does not have human rights at the top of its agenda if something like that was able to happen. I think what's interesting is that we'll never really know the exact detail of what happened in that bilateral meeting that working session as it's been described. We'll never know the exact wording that Joe Biden used or how forceful he was. 
Mr Biden said the two men talked about issues including making progress on extending the ceasefire in Yemen and opening Saudi airspace. Thanks to many months of quiet diplomacy by the staff, we've accomplished some significant business today. First, as you saw this morning, the Saudis will open their airspace to all civilian carriers. That is a big deal, a big deal, not only, not only symbolically, but substantively it's a big deal. It means Saudi airspace is now open to flights to and from Israel. This is the first tangible step on the path of what I hope will eventually be a broader normalization of relations. And now the weather for today. It'll be mainly fine and very hot, apart from isolated showers this afternoon with moderate southwesterly winds. And the outlook, it'll remain very hot next week, but we can expect a few showers tomorrow. The current temperature is 32 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity is 68%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is almost five minutes past one. Back locally, four people have been given jail terms of up to three years and two months in connection with a case involving possession of a petrol bomb in 2019. The four earlier pleaded guilty to possessing anything with intent to destroy or damage property. They received sentences of between 27 and 38 months at the district court today. Among the defendants were Liu Man and Cheng Ho, who were jailed for 10 months yesterday for perverting the course of justice after they were caught trying to flee to Taiwan by speedboat. They'll each spend a total of 31 months behind the bars. In the U.S. state of Ohio, a post-mortem has shown that a black man died after being shot 46 times by police. 25-year-old Jalen Walker was killed three weeks ago following a traffic stop. Here's the BBC's Namir Iqbal. Jalen Walker died after a nighttime traffic stop over minor equipment violations turned into a nearly six-minute pursuit. Police said he fled and fired a shot from his car during the vehicle chase. Their body camera footage then shows him jumping out of his car in a ski mask and running into a parking lot when police opened fire. He was unarmed. A gun was later recovered from his car. Medical examiners say Mr Walker had no drugs or alcohol in his body and he had suffered devastating injuries to his heart, lungs and arteries. The eight police officers directly involved in the shooting are on paid leave while the state investigates what happened. Fires are continuing to burn out of control in parts of Morocco and across southern Europe. In Morocco, a village has been completely destroyed, along with forests in four different provinces. In Portugal, a firefighting plane has crashed, killing its pilot. The BBC's Alison Roberts sent this report from Lisbon. The amphibious plane was on its way to fight a fire in Vila Nova de Fojcoa in Portugal's northern interior, having picked up water in the River Douro when the pilot apparently lost control. Officials say the precise cause of the accident is not yet known. It was the north of Portugal that saw the worst of the fires on Friday. Nationally, more than a dozen blazes were still active at the end of the day, with about 850 firefighters in action. After record temperatures for July of as high as 47 degrees Celsius on Thursday, the difficult conditions are set to continue in the coming days. Officials in Mexico say they've captured one of the country's most wanted drug lords, Rafael Caro Quintero. The BBC's Leonardo Rocha has more. Caro Quintero, a former leader of the Guadalajara cartel, was wanted by the FBI for allegedly orchestrating the torture and murder of a U.S. drug enforcement officer in 1985. He denies the accusation. He served 28 years in prison in Mexico before being released by a judge as he appealed against his sentence. Caro Quintero, who is now 69 years old, is due to be extradited to the United States. The FBI had offered a $20 million reward for information leading to his capture. 
To golf now, and Tiger Woods has missed the cut at the Open Championship. The 46-year-old won the Open twice at the venue in 2000 and 2005, but won't contest the final two days this year after he shot a second round 75, leaving him at three over par. It was very emotional for me. Um, I've been coming here since 1995, and I think the next one comes around in uh, 2030, and this might have been my last British Open here at St. Andrews. The fans, the ovation, and the warmth, it was an unbelievable feeling. At the top of the leaderboard after two days is Australia's Cameron Smith. The world number six carded an eight under par 64 as he improved to 13 under. In football, England's women wrapped up an impressive group stage at Euro 2022 as they comfortably beat Northern Ireland, having already qualified for the quarterfinals. The Lionesses finished top of Group A with three wins from three matches. Here's England captain Leah Williamson. Couldn't be prouder, to be fair, and I think... You know, the circumstances that we've dealt with, uh, different ones each game, um, and we've done, we've done well. But we can still be better. I'm looking forward to seeing how, how much better we can be. In the same group, Austria beat Norway 1-0 to finish second and also reach the quarterfinals. The Men's Rugby Union Test Series featuring New Zealand versus Ireland, Australia against England, South Africa facing Wales and Scotland versus Argentina will all be settled by a deciding match later today. Wales head coach... Wayne Pivak is relishing taking on South Africa in Cape Town. We put the first two tests behind us now and just look at this as a one-off game and, and the winner takes all, really, uh, a series win. So, look, I think there'd be pressure on the home team. There's no doubt about that because going in, they were red-hot favourites, weren't they? And to be taken to the last game, I think that adds a little bit of spice. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The Health Secretary warns that up to 25% of public medical services may be hit by the rise in coronavirus cases. Four people are jailed over a case involving possession of a petrol bomb in 2019. And the government canvasses the public ahead of a review of the role of the district councils. And you're listening to the news on RTHK. RTHK. Before doing a COVID-19 rapid antigen test, read the user guide carefully and follow each step as instructed. First, prepare a clean surface and wash your hands. For a nasal swab, insert the swab into your nostrils and rub it against the walls of each nostril several times as instructed. Submerge the swab tip fully into the buffer solution and stir. Squeeze droplets of the solution slowly into the well of the test device afterwards. Wait for the time specified in the user guide and read the result. Results taken beyond the time limit will be invalid. When finished, dispose of all parts of the test kit properly. If only the C-line is present, the test result is negative. If both the C-line and the T-line are present, the test result is positive. In which case, you have to take a photo of the result and report it within 24 hours via the declaration system of the Department of Health. Do the test often by yourself. It helps you detect any infection and receive treatment as soon as possible to protect yourself and others around you. Do the test. Protect yourself and others. Live across Hong Kong, this is Radio 3. Time for some Yacht Rock. And my man Philip calling in, fitting some tunes in there, some requests like a glove. In a minute, we're going to get some Gordon Lightfoot. But first, I feel like making love. Baby, when I think about you, I think about love.
Without you, I live without love. 